want to pray this morning before we get started, and, and uh, we'll, we'll dig into his word today. Father God, I, I just thank you that Tom is home, Lord, and for your blessing there. Lord, we thank you for Thanksgiving, and, and as the kids prayed this morning, Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. Father, we just want to give you the glory here today, Lord. Father, I pray as we leave here that hearts will not be unchanged, Lord. Father, we just invite you in. Be with my words that they might be your words, Lord. Um, help us to unpack and change our hearts in this season of Christmas. Lord, we just give you the praise and the glory in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. As we said, we made it through another Thanksgiving. Consequently, another Black Friday, another Cyber Monday. Made it through a few pounds heavier in the belly. I think I'll have a seat here. But a few pounds lighter in the wallet. So I want to ask, you know, what is it about a good deal that makes us pull out our plastic and get ready to mortgage the house on Black Friday? And I don't understand it, you know, but I'll be right there with you to get a $2 DVD. You suppose it's because I really have to have whatever I'm fighting thousands of people, parking nightmares, lines so long that you can't see where they end to check out? Or is it just the good deal, you know, and I can't not buy it? You know, it's such a good deal. Maybe I better get two. That's what I'm going to do. You know, great deal. I'm going to get two. And I guess for me, I like to save a dollar. Who doesn't, right? But it seems like all of our social niceties, you know, the please and thank you and the no cutting and no cutsies, all of our bringing up goes right out the window when we hop into the car. People cutting people off, fighting for parking spaces. This year, there was people run over and people stabbed for a good deal on Black Friday. <laughs> the question kind of, is it worth it? I was right there in the, in the throng, in the mix of it. I didn't see the people. All I saw was my good deal. So I love it when God shows me things in my own life that don't necessarily line up to his expectations, or to his word, kind of being refined. <clears throat> One of the blessings of, of preaching, um, God really shows you where you're lacking in your own life. So if you want more of that, with Tom being out, we've got a couple slots open. We'll bet you. Um, but let's unpack kind of what God showed me in my life and see if it applies to more than just me. So I want to ask you this question. Of all of the things that Christ did when he came to earth, if you could do one of those, what would it be? Turn water into wine? Yeah, man, I'd be the life of the party. I mean, and it's Gunnison. We have a lot of water. You know, heal the sick? You betcha. McMurrin in the hospital, I love you guys, but sorry, you're out of business. You know, walk on water? Well, that'd be pretty cool. In Gunnison, we already do that. We call it ice fishing. Catch a net full of fish in record time. Now, Ryan posted a Facebook post of his last nice big fish. It's a nice picture, Ryan, but check this out. Boom, my limit and the rest of Gunnison's limit in 30 seconds. I'd be all right with that. Just feeding 5,000 hungry people. 
Christy feeds this church body pretty well. But yeah, that'd be all right. They might like my cooking. Preach the word of God boldly. Yeah, people might think I'm pretty smart. Have disciples follow me. That'd be kind of cool. Josh says, touch your nose. Josh says, turn around. Jump on one leg. Nope, Josh didn't say. Raise the dead. Watch out, baby. Here comes Elvis. No more hurting, only joy. No more suffering the loss of a loved one. So how about this one? Leave your kingdom, heaven, streets paved with gold. Leave his throne, the right hand of God, God's presence to come to earth. A broken world. To die a horrific death at the hands of the very people he came to save. Most of the other things were pretty cool, and I kind of like that. You had me right up to the last one. Really? But this Christmas season, that's exactly what we're celebrating. The coming to earth of our Savior. God stepping down from his throne and coming to earth. Why would he do that? He did it because he loves us so much he couldn't stand for us not to be with him again. And he knew that we weren't good enough in our own to ever get back. We needed someone to stand in the gap. A savior. Our substitute. Good thing, too, because you'll see in this sermon, I'm a pretty selfish guy. If the choice was up to me, I probably never would have left heaven. I mean, come on, it's heaven. You know? Really? Dad, you want me to go to earth for them? That's funny. Well, praise God. We have a Savior. So we ask the question of all these things that Jesus has did, right? And if you notice my answers, I answered those questions with a lot of I. My response wasn't to bring God the glory. It was so that I could look good. It was for my glory. Christ did all of those things to give the glory to God. And because his heart broke for the sick, for the hurting, for the poor, because he loves us. He wants none of the credit. Obviously, I'm not quite there yet. I want you guys to do something with me this morning. I want you to say, it's not about me. Pretty easy, right? Okay. It's not about me. Let's do it one more time. It's not about me. Okay, well then who's it about? It's about Jesus Christ. Washed in his blood. Saved by his sacrifice. And trusting in his word. Depending on his love. Living on his promises. Waiting for his return. And loving the people the way he did. So, if it's not about me... Why am I being trampled to get a good deal on a TV Black Friday? It's not a gift for somebody else. It's not gifts for my kids. It's for me. Did I mention that I'm kind of a selfish guy? I want what I want, and I want it now. It's been a struggle of my wife uh, and our relationship for a long time. But God kind of showed this to me in my own heart. Hey, you really don't need a TV, Josh. You might need some work boots. You know, the kids need some ski stuff. You really don't need a TV. But God, I want it. 
it's a great deal. It's a TV, you know, look at it. Big. What about your kids? What are you going to do for them? Well, I don't know. I want my TV. Well, Josh, you know, Amanda's going to be mad. That's really not in the budget. Yeah, but we got a TV. And I, it was like I was in a trance. My mind was made up. I was getting my TV. And, and please take in mind that this conversation with God is going on 5.30 Thanksgiving night with my hand on my TV because I'm getting it, you know. Waiting for them to cut the ribbon so I can get my TV because I'm buying a TV. It's like God smacked me upside the head, woke me up. You know, the cartoon with the light bulb going off. What am I doing here? God, I have three TVs in my house. And I hate how much time they suck out of my life that I could be spending with kids or doing other things. And I want to get a bigger one. So I politely removed my hand from the TV and watched four other people fill in the gap fight trying to get their hand on that TV. Wow. Thanks, God. I don't need a TV. It's the age-old dilemma of need versus want. Obviously, it's one I still struggle with. What do I need versus what do I want? But the story doesn't end there. Obviously, I didn't get my TV. You're welcome, babe. Um, I step back and I'm watching stuff flying off the shelves and carts full of TVs flying out. And no bitterness, but I just started laughing. But I went past that. I started judging all these other crazy people. Yeah, like you need that. Oh, good idea. You better buy two. <laughs> really? You just ran over my cart for a $2 copy of The Goonies? Have you not? Really? What a Goonie. Really? You couldn't put pants on? You come in your PJs? Your sweatpants? Really? <laughs> Glad I'm not the only one. God's working on other people's hearts too. Ah! Another left hook from God comes in. He's like, two minutes ago, there you are in the crowd, and now you're stepping back and judging all these other people, cutting them down, making fun of them. I was really quite ashamed of my heart condition. I mean, Jesus came to earth for these very people, and Christmas is a celebration of that. And here I am with nothing nice to say about him. I'm sitting back and condemning their decisions when I was right there in the throng of it for my big TV. Looks like I was the Grinch this year. So this last little bit, this wasn't the sermon I had prepared for this Sunday. God's really been refining my heart to get away from the it's about me Christmas and to try and get back to the Christmas where my Savior's birth is the focus. He left heaven for the lost and the broken, the sick, the poor, the sweatpants, the goonies, and even the proud like me. And he gave his life for us. So how do we celebrate it's not about me? What can I do? 
And I got to sit down to read this next one because this week while I'm wrestling with this, a dear friend of mine sent me a link to a, a story that he just thought I needed to hear. It's by Pastor John Weiss in Kentucky. It's called The Year I Canceled Christmas. I canceled Christmas, or at least that's what I was accused of. Several years ago, Christmas fell on a Sunday, and I challenged our church family to spend Christmas visiting people they wouldn't normally visit and giving gifts to people they normally wouldn't give gifts to. Instead of coming to church that Sunday, I challenged them to be the church. Jesus came to us in person, so what a better way to capture the incarnation of Jesus than to go to people in person. I didn't feel like I was canceling Christmas. I felt like I was promoting the true meaning of Christmas. And so a week before Christmas, an eight-year-old Jesus follower in our church named Jacob went door-to-door in his neighborhood, making himself available to do odd jobs. He took them all the money he earned and all the money he had saved in his piggy bank and went to the mall to buy the nicest winter coat he could find. The reason? His buddy at school stood on the playground during recess in an old oversized sweatshirt shivering because his parents could, afford, could not afford to buy him a coat. So on Christmas morning, Jacob handed his buddy, now get this, he didn't go down to six points, he didn't look in his closet for something used. He went and bought a $160 North Face coat. He said, Jesus wants me to give this coat to you. And then he reached into his pocket and pulled out $37 and said, this is all the money I have left, and I want you to use it to buy whatever your family needs this year for Christmas. Across town, a six-year-old girl named Rebecca baked brownies and stood at the entrance to the library at the local University of Kentucky Christmas morning and gave free brownies to any college student who walked by during final prep. Why are you giving away free brownies to total strangers, a Muslim student stopped and asked? Now, Rebecca is sassy, but she put her hand on her hip and with a no-duh kind of tone said, well, because Jesus wants me to, that's why. Don't you love kids? They get it. Because Jesus told me, I'm I'm going to. He didn't say go buy a TV. He said, make friends. Little did she know that this Muslim student had been wrestling with what he believed and had been questioning the tenets of his faith for over two years. So dumbfounded by her emphatic response, He asked, can I come to church with you? Sure you can, she said, before she even asked her parents. Now, this is one of the things I love most about this. Instead of bringing this Ph.D. student into the big room with the big people, she took him into her children's ministry class, where he sat on the floor and heard a lesson about Jesus' love for Zacchaeus. And after months of sitting on the floor, and listening, he took a stand for Jesus and was baptized. Muslim faith, his family told him that they would kill him if they ever saw him again. And as scary as that threat sounds, he's safe. And he's safe because he's safe. And all of it happened because a little girl partnered with Betty Crocker and the Holy Spirit. Not about me. Now, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love, the pastor goes on to write. When we express the love of Jesus in simple ways, people express their need for him in beautiful ways. So after this, he challenged his church family to go to every restaurant in town on Christmas and buy as many meals for strangers as possible and leave as many big tips as possible 
just for something better to do. Now, one high school student went to the bank, emptied out his savings account. He'd been saving for a new car. He went to the Waffle House, and as he got to know the waitress, he felt like God was saying she needs help. So he ordered a 75-cent cup of hot chocolate and put $1,000 in an envelope, stuck the envelope between the salt and pepper shaker, went outside and hid in the bushes to watch her reaction. When she opened it, she put it back her hand and held over her face, and she started to cry. So overcome by emotion, she sat down in the booth, and he ran back inside and hugged her. He had learned that she was a single mom trying to raise two teenagers by working three jobs, and she and her children are now part of the church, and someday you'll get to meet them. Because a high school student decided the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Fifteen minutes later, at the same Waffle House, another family from their church walked in and ordered breakfast. The waiter was a struggling college student who was behind on his bills and had just been kicked out of college um, until he paid off the rest of his debt from the first couple of years. And to make matters worse, his car had broken down and he couldn't afford to pay for the repairs which means he couldn't get to and from work. So the family went to the very same bank that the high school student had gone to, and the parents emptied one of their accounts, and they took a check to the restaurant. They wrote him a note that said, We believe in you, and we want to be able for you to pursue your dream of being an artist. See, even, even then, I... I we believe and want you to be able to pursue your dream of being an artist. So this should cover your debt in the next two years of college. We've also enclosed the keys to our car. It's the blue Volvo sitting by the newspaper stand outside. We're doing this because Jesus gave his life up for us. So it seems the least we could do would be to give you our car. And they walked home that day. So like the Muslim student and the struggling single mom, that young waiter didn't need much convincing to give his life to Jesus because he had seen Jesus in that family in his own life. The only thing Paul writes that counts is faith expressing itself in love. The only thing that counts. So this year he encouraged his church to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ be Jesus to the people who live near you by expressing your love for them in simple ways. On a lighter note, thinking about getting a job at Waffle House. Looks like it's pretty lucrative. Now that's crazy love to give up your car to a stranger. Yeah, I've got a spare car sitting at the house. Got a 15 year old that's going to be driving it here pretty soon. To drain your bank account for a stranger? The sermon he based this on was Galatians 5 6. If you could bring that up, please. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. That's it. That's what I was missing Black Friday as I sat back laughing and judging others. I was callous and unloving. I had a long ways to go to emulate you, Lord. 
couldn't even show love to the judging people, let alone give up my car. So God's refining in me my heart condition. So here we are with Christmas quickly approaching. How do we show our faith and love, faith through love in our community? I mean, we don't even need to pull up the mission statement. You guys should know it by heart. We want to reach Gunnison and Western with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Actually, it's to be a growing, loving family of missionaries whose desire is to see Western and Is our desire to see Western and Gunnison know Christ? I'm not at that radical point yet where I'm willing to give up a set of car keys. But I pray that God helps me to see people more like he is. Like he does. Sadly, the holiday season for a lot of people around us doesn't bring joy. It brings sadness and depression, hopelessness. Some people have lost loved ones. This Christmas may be their first without that loved one. For some people, it's the stress of trying to have everything perfect. Others may feel unloved and depressed. I know we've got it going on in our own church. Anybody here a present peeker at Christmas time? Anybody? Got to know what's in it. Shake it. I want to, you know. One year I remember my folks were out of town. And I took every present for me and carefully slit the tape, opened it up, saw what I was getting. I was pretty happy that day because, man, I did pretty good. The problem with that was on Christmas morning, the hope, the anticipation, the excitement was gone. I didn't even have to open them. I knew what I was getting. Sadly for some of us in Gunnison, maybe more than we'd like to care, that's the fact that many will face, is knowing what's under the tree. And it might be nothing. So as elders, we've decided to do a giving tree this year. We've talked about as we see the needs come in and from around the valley. We want to help people out. We've done Operation Christmas Child. We did the shoe boxes to go overseas. But what about Gunnison? Our mission is Gunnison and Western. <clears throat> what about Gunnison? Now, some of you are saying here, I knew it. I knew it. I've already given so much. We gave for Tom. We gave for the missionaries. That's all they want is my money. Or if you're new here, you might just be going, I've heard that about churches. They just want your money. I don't want your money. God doesn't want your money, and he doesn't need your money. But what I've found in praying for God to refine my heart is that what he, that's what he wants. He wants my heart. He wants your heart. Faith expressing itself through love. 
I want to look at this verse, Luke 7, 4, 41 through 47. A certain moneylender had two debtors, and one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them would actually love him more? Simon said, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said, you judged rightly. I'm going to stop there for a minute because I know what a sinner I am and still where my heart is. And I know that my joy is in Jesus Christ and I know how much I've been forgiven and yet my heart still grows full. I know that I had the larger debt, and so I should be loving more. So then he said, he turned towards the woman, and this is Jesus. And he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And you gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You didn't give me oil to or anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he is who is forgiven little, loves little. I kind of feel like that. I know how much I've been forgiven. I should be, my heart should be there, you know, be a good Christian, you know, heart towards the people, and yet... I clam up, I turn in on myself, focus on my family, my things, and leave it go with that. I'm so undeserving of what I've been forgiven and how much. We go back to faith expressing itself through love. For me, it's not a giving condition, it's a heart condition. I love little. Let me tell you another, another secret of mine that I'm a little ashamed of. We did so good for the Christmas shoe boxes, you know, sending, sending those over. But you know when it's time for that? Go to the dollar store or Walmart and find the cheapest things I can find to put in my shoe box. The no-name brand crayons that are full of lead, toys, just whatever I can find to throw in the box. It's good enough for those supernatural things. I want a new TV that I don't need. But this stuff's good enough for them. So here comes another hook swinging in from God. If you were given this box to me, is this what you would put in it? Well, no, God. I'd give you the best of everything. You know? You're the king. Man, what do you want? Want a new TV? Well, great, God. It's good. So then why are you filling us with the cheapest stuff you can find? I want the best for me, but I'm willing to give my leftovers or my rejects to others. Did I mention at the start that I'm kind of a selfish guy? God's refining me, my heart. We look at Matthew 25, 40. 
To set this up, Jesus is talking about the final judgment, the end of days, the sheep and the goats being separated. And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. That's pretty, that's a little convicting. Yeah, I guess, Lord, you know, my gifts should be better as if I was giving to you. And I was going to stop at that verse right there. But then I went 41 through 46. And he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into eternal fire prepared for you to the devil and for his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. And I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. I was naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And then they will also answer, kind of like I did, saying, God, when did we see you hungry? I would have fed you, God, or thirsty or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison? When did we not minister to you? And then I'll answer to them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal fire. It was a very hard verse for me to hear. I'm still wrestling and struggling through it. So we want to bless this community by faith expressing itself through love. We still don't know all the different ways that that's going to look like. But here's our giving tree. We've all seen Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown has bad luck and doesn't always get it. Just doesn't always get there. And I thought this tree fitting for our giving tree because it's kind of ugly and broken. Like God has showed me in my heart. But God can use the ugly and broken. I want us to see this tree. It's going to live up here through the holidays and have it remind us that for many in Gunnison, that's what their Christmas is going to look like. Ugly and broken. And I hope it can remind us to look to others to remember that it's not about me. And hopefully help someone else's Christmas to be beautiful. Now here's how it works. So scattered around the church in the back of the pews, we've got the comment card holders. They've also got green paper in them now. We're going to need your help. We've seen needs pouring into benevolence. But we don't know all the needs, even in our own body. So if you can take the green card, there's some back by the prayer board, they're out front, they're out by the comment card box. And if you have a phone number or an address of someone that you know needs help, that doesn't have food for Christmas, that doesn't have toys for their kids for Christmas, you can write down names and ages of children, if any, you know, what the needs might be in that family. Now, don't get panicky. If, if you're one of the ones in need, we're not going to 
stick all these up here for the whole world to see. What we're going to do is we're going to just hold these up. Our comment card box that lives on the welcome booth on the way in. And you're going to drop those in there. So the only person that will see these will be the benevolence team. And then they'll take corresponding tags to write the needs up and around the church. Boy under 10. Have a mom that needs some clothes for work. Any of the different options. We want to be able to bless Gunnison in a way that we haven't seen before. Now, one thing that was suggested as well is, hey, I have to buy groceries. Is it hard to buy a 5 or $10 gift card at City Market or Walmart? No, no, you can drop those in the comment card box. You know, maybe you want to write a check out to help cover a family's cost. You can do that as well. We've cleaned out the front corner of the hub's office over in front. And I, I keep saying the hub or Amanda. For those of you that don't know, the hub is my wife. So there's a little connection there. Um, I did get permission after I already said this is what I want to do. Um, maybe there's a, a tag on here for a family or an individual child. And maybe rather than gift cards or something, you just want to take that person and just bless them. I mean, obviously, a young kid doesn't need a blue Volvo, but you want to do that. There'd be room in the front corner of the desk for, for that. We want to show our faith through love. Now, I know that there's needs besides financial ones, and probably even in this church. You say, man, I'd really love to help, but I don't have enough to cover my own Christmas. Well, let us know. We'll try and help with that. But, but you still want to help. Money might be a little tight. If you were one of the people that have lost a loved one, this is your first Christmas alone, or contemplating suicide, or just need somebody to talk with, fill out one of these as well. And we will try and get you lined up with someone that can go sit and have a cup of coffee with you. Someone that can pour into you. I still don't know what it all looks like. But faith expressing itself through love. I think God showed me that my heart looks more like this one little branch, let alone the tree let alone a beautiful Christmas tree. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. And how do we show that to others? So I'm going to pray. Worship team will come up. We're going to do communion. Now, this is a celebration of Jesus' coming, but it's a celebration of his resurrection. We do it in remembrance of him. And I pray as you do this, you remember the sacrifice that he made for us.
and examine your own heart and see where you are this holiday season. I know where mine is. Now I'm a work in progress, but I'm not there yet. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the hard message that you hit me upside the head with. For showing me how human I am, Lord, and how selfish I can be. And Father, I pray that you continue to refine that. Lord, that you just take that out of me. That I can see the people around Gunnison as you do, Lord. That my heart would break for them, not even knowing their circumstances. That I would seek to serve them instead of myself. Father, I pray as we draw into this Christmas season, Lord, that we can give back to Gunnison, to the Goonies, and to the sweatpants, and all of those that my heart had already judged. Father, we just give this day to you, brothers, as we prepare to remember you, your body broken for us, and your blood spilled out. But it was not in